0: Ask me.
2: Ask Eliza anything. It's time to ask. Ask me all your questions. Leave them in the Instagram comment section. Leave them on your Twitter. I almost said Don't Manic Pantry. You are listening to another episode of Ask Eliza Anything, the quarantiniest with the meaniest, the isolation for a nation. We are here. I've got my baby arm strapped to my side. Nope. Isn't my- we are not near oh. each other. But we are still keeping our minds and spirits active, endeavoring to bring you hot answering content during COVID-19 watch. 2020 you guys still have questions and we still have answers sick or not sick quarantini or no quarantini we're here for you you're not alone this is like in the zombie movie where you can hear the radio being broadcast you just got to get to the camp
1: whenever you get to the camp though there's never anything there like no one has gotten to the camp and been like yes all things are good now yeah it's just a bunch of like
2: blind people or something um (laughs) I'm like talking about one very specific movie. You guys, we still, you're still asking questions and we still have the answers. We're here for you as long as our neurons are still firing. So let's get it cracking.
1: quick, before people get mad, we are not okay. near each other. You're in your home. I'm in my, we already said that. In my your, closet. Yeah. Okay. I just want to look, I don't need people chastising me. Okay. Our you know what? If that's their focus now, like get a fucking life. <laughs> We have questions from post quarantine, pre quarantine. We're going to mix it up, okay? Hey, Liza and all, I have a crush on a guy at work and wanted to know what you think of workplace relationships. For context, because
2: there's no such thing as a workplace anymore. <laughs> we're
1: in a corporate environment. While we work in the you same were department, in a corporate environment. we don't work closely together. It seems like his role will be his career, whereas mine is just a job. Is it worth turning my fantasy into a reality, or leaving it be and enjoying his broad shoulders when he walks by my desk? Um, <laughs> We talked
2: about this before. If it's just a job to you... I mean, first of all, you don't want to mess up his career, but he is very much autonomous and in charge of his own career. If yeah. it's like he works in the corporate sector and you just hand out the golf clubs at a putt-putt golf, uh, if it's something you're willing to give up, then great. Um, And that's... I mean, I say go for it. If it's just a job, like it's a summer job,
1: you yeah, know, if these not, aren't well, serious stakes. Yeah.
2: Okay. Like, I remember... When I was in my 20s, I had a friend who worked at, like, an editing bay, and she had this boss. And this happens a lot in Hollywood. There's, like, a 20-year-old girl, and then you're like, piece of shit boss who's, like, 45 and, like, hot and, like, for sure has a wife that he says that he's, like, not getting along with. And he, like, cheats on her. It's, like, a thing here in L.A. And she would, like, fuck her boss all the time. And, like, Gross. dude was, like, getting married because he saw her as expendable. She didn't really care about that job. She was not going to work in a post house the rest of her life. And all parties just went on their way eventually. So you know is it fun for you does it really matter do you stand to get anything just make sure the guy's not in a relationship uh but yeah yes. hook up with a dude who cares if it's just a job to you and and you right. really like him whatever if it's just a job if it's a career you might want to weigh out the options and your you know 401k solvency things like that
1: all right anonymous me and a boy what just about started- you emily
2: do you have anyone at work that you have
1: a crush on <laughs> i mean i am very in love with my cat
2: okay so. Okay.
1: How upsetting that would, would that be if this is where, when we're in quarantine, I'm just like Eliza, I miss oh, you gosh. so much. Oh, without you say you have a crush on Noah,
2: I'd be like, oh, that's so weird. I guess we'll have to get rid of Noah because I can't afford to lose you. <laughs> I can't afford to lose the babysitter. I mean, look, the, right.
1: the 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 his at home don't panic pantry beard looks good.
2: All right, Emily, that's enough. I'm sorry. Really crossing Me- the line.
1: This is, me and a boy just started hanging out and we both think it was going somewhere great and then this happened this is a post quarantine now we are both stuck. Oh. now we are both stuck in our respective homes and we only talk over the phone what are some ideas for dates that can be done virtually oh god
2: well why don't you have dinner together over facetime That's cute. I mean, that's a start. Or you could play a drinking game. You could, I mean, this is a bad idea playing like Never Have I Ever or like strip poker or something. But like you could both have a drink over FaceTime and get a little frisky just as long as everyone keeps their hands up. No one's pressing the screen grab button. Um, I think you could play like a game. You could, I think uh, like a get to know you kind of drinking game could be fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Um, as long as you guys are talking, that's good that you, that he wasn't just like peace. Like you guys are still yeah, having conversations. A little date and have dinner and be like, what'd you make? what I make? Are
2: you a good cook? Me too. Could you cook for me? Maybe. And put in put on two a weeks nice when- clothes. Yeah, yeah. Get dressed up. It's a reason to scrub your zit. And in two weeks, when none of you have it, maybe you could meet up and really put your relationships to death and quarantine together.
1: Oh no. Don't yeah. don't do that. Don't join that. Frying pan into the fire. We haven't reached that point yet where we should be merging households. I mean, I can tell you right now.
2: Having been sick, I am not sick anymore, so I'm pretty much immune. I'm cool. You are probably not sick, so you could probably come over and start your life again, but that's okay. Me? I don't need you.
1: I don't so, know. My throat hurts. Ah. We don't know what's going to happen.
2: Okay. Well, you should just know that in your absence, I've realized how much I don't need you here, and uh, we have to have a conversation. I know for a fact that
1: that is not the case, and not <laughs> <worried>. <laughs> oh, I'm not worried. So so confident. In this, in this instance, yes. Yeah, it's no secret that fast
2: fashion and the demand for fashion in general is helping to wreck our planet while introducing newly newly is a subscription clothing rental service for just $98 a month. You get your choice of any six styles each month, access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing, and they have fast free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state-of-the-art laundering facility, plus the option to buy what you love. I gifted Newly to a friend whose daughter works in an office where you have to be presentable, and it's trendy. She gets to try out stuff. She always looks fresh at work. She always looks cute, and when she's done with it, which we usually are after wearing something for a while, she can send it right back. Newly is a great So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Dot com slash
1: Eliza. Okay. We have another anonymous. Hey, Eliza. I got into crocheting a while back. And around that time. I (laughs) don't know. One of my husband and mine couple friends got pregnant. They are both really into Disney. So I made a Mickey Mouse themed blanket. It took forever. Okay. FYI, Eliza. I saw a picture of his blanket. It's like very cool. It's like it looks like the blanket is his little outfit. So if you put on a baby, it would kind of look like the baby was Mickey Mouse. Anyway, okay, so and when I finally—pretty sexually inappropriate for a child, but okay. (laughs) And when I finally finished, they made a comment like, "Oh, if the baby doesn't like it, our dogs will," which feels really rude. But I don't know; I'm not a dog person. So, flash forward a couple months; they're pregnant again with a girl. I've already started the Minnie Mouse baby blanket, but had another really bad experience with the wife. I have really toxic parents and this wife used to work with my mother. During the measles outbreak, we were talking and I mentioned that I thought I was vaccinated and she commented, you are. You got your shots at this and this time, but your siblings, she decided to spread out the timings. This freaked me out. She's having conversations with my abusers in such detail. She knows when I was vaccinated as a baby. At this point, I already mentioned I started making the baby blanket her. My question is, should I just keep the blanket? It doesn't sound like she really appreciated the hard work anyways, and I don't want to continue the relationship anymore. I've already blocked her and her husband on social media. The problem is we all go to the same church as each other. My husband thinks I should sell the blanket on Etsy or something. What's your opinion? Anything okay, else? Okay, my, my opinion
2: is uh, there's no reason to keep people in our lives that make us uncomfortable. You're already uncomfortable because she said something shitty about a gift. Even if you made something ugly, which sounds— It sounds ugly. Um, For her to have no decency. And the dog joke, it's like, I could see why that'd be funny, but that is rude. Uh, It doesn't sound like they want this blanket, and you don't really want to give it anymore. And if you're uncomfortable, if you really have a bad relationship with your mom, and this woman's close with your mom, there's no reason to bring this woman closer. You were doing a nice thing, and the woman showed you, she showed you who she was. She showed you that she's ungrateful and kind of rude, Mm -hmm. and you're uncomfortable with her knowing stuff. So don't get closer to her. Uh, and if anything happens and she's, there's no way I promise you this, that she'll ever say, Hey, where's my little girl's Disney baby blanket that I'm going to give to the dog. She's never going to bring it up. And if she does, you could just be like, Oh, I kind of just lost track of time. End of story. And if she really pushes you, you can be like, it seemed like you didn't like it. So it kind of hurt my feelings, but you don't owe her an explanation. And you know what? The blanket is the same size. The little girl is not going to change genders if you put a Mickey Mouse blanket on her. So they can put that blanket on the little girl.
1: Related follow-up, would it be rude to mention to her that I want the first Mickey Mouse blanket back? I was thinking of saying something along the lines of, hey, if you guys are ever going to give away that blanket, please give it back to me first. I put a lot of work into it.
2: Nope, nope, nope. You gave a gift. You don't want to be just as weird as these rudos. (laughs) So, no, you have to just part with that blanket. You can make another one. But do not pour any more time and effort into these people who are proving to be lackluster in the humility department. Yeah. They're jerks. Also, like, you don't have to see them at church. And plus, it's church. It should be a place. If they say anything, be like, you know what? We're really just focusing on our worship and praising of him. So I don't think this is the place or the time. (sighs) That's, like, the big thing on Real Housewives. They're always like, this is not the time or the place. So just keep saying that and eventually people will just stop or they'll throw a margarita in your face in church.
1: Oh my God. Okay. Let's see. We are going to do some questions from your texting because you text with fans too. And you sent out a call Can and I sa- you said,
2: mm. okay, say so one thing the sooner you realize that most people are inherently good, but so many people are just absolute garbage trash, the less you'll fret over it. Don't put time and effort into people who don't deserve it. Once they've shown you who they are, which she did You don't want her coming back with, like, I remember when you got your first period. Like, you don't need a second grandma. Kick her to the curb. Kick it. Yeah. You'll never see these people again. We're all quarantined forever. You're never going to church. You're never seeing these people. You're never touching their baby.
1: Oh, my God. Kick it. Okay. So we took (laughs) questions. We took questions. We took questions from your texts. You text with people at your number. Uh, people you can text Eliza at 323-370-4480. She will reply to you as she is able. And so basically we put out you put out a call and you said, Hey, you're a fan of ask Eliza anything. You let us know and you got a question, we're gonna get to it because we appreciate you. So we appreciate you. We do, we appreciate you. So Norm had a few questions for you. Why do you call Noah Smoky Husky? We've gone over this, but but people keep asking. It's,
2: okay. Okay, I'll tell do, you. Do it. Okay, here's why. Um, When I met him, he was heavily involved. Uh, I mean, he still is, but even more so, like on a day-to-day operations basis with Bloodso's Barbecue. So because of that, because he's a pit master, he... Him and his car, he would leave from him a day of work smelling like pit smoke. So he smelled smoky, not cigarette smoky, like wood smoky. And he has these really light blue eyes like a husky. So he became smoky husky. So it was a combination of the way he smells and the way he looks. He doesn't smell like pit smoke anymore, but he still has the husky eyes, as my French makeup artist calls him. Smoky husky, because they don't say the age. So that's it, folks. Smoky husky. If you Google an Alaskan Malamute or a husky, it's basically a picture of my husband.
1: <laughs> okay, what celebrity would you love to meet but would also cause you to be completely starstruck? This happened to me when I met you. I forgot how to talk and or think. I appreciate that. Uh, off the top of my head, I don't know. I mean, like, I met Billy Crystal and I cried.
2: That was your uh, big I, one. That was a big one. I was really drunk a couple weeks ago and I'm at a— A couple weeks ago, I guess a couple months ago at— um. It's an Oscar party or an Emmy party. And I met Jason Momoa. We we share an agent. Oh. And I definitely found myself just babbling because he's so hot. Um already. I, I kind of get a little weird around Mark Wahlberg, even though we had a movie together. Yeah. Uh you know, it just depends on how you're meeting them, what context, you know, if you're meeting them as equals, like you're both in something, it's different, versus like, hey, I'm just letting you know that I'm a person too. And, you know. Like, right. what would you actually say to Beyonce that would matter? You know? And I'm such a down-to-earth person. I'd want to, like, get into a conversation. And a lot of celebrities don't want to have a conversation. So,
1: I don't yeah. know. I think it would take a lot. I'm trying to think of someone. I mean, okay, I'm trying to think who you currently follow. Cardi B. But I wouldn't have, I like,
2: some people, you know what the other thing is? Sometimes it's better to not meet the people that you look to for entertainment. Yeah. Uh. So, I don't know. I don't think at this point, I'm kind of over everything. So, I don't think I'd get to. I mean, starstruck. I mean, I... Met Jerry Seinfeld at this Madison Garden, Madison Square Garden event, and then I saw him at a this club that we both go to, and I went over and I said hi. I get a little weird every time I see Ted Serrano, so I always reintroduce myself. Uh, I don't know.
1: What am I supposed to say? Thomas Jefferson? No, <laughs> I got some questions for you. Okay, if you won the lottery and had more money than Bill Gates, would you still work as hard as you do? I, I can answer would. for you. You would. Oh, yeah, because. Like, it's great.
2: Like, when I signed up to do this job, I didn't know how much money could be made, and there's a lot of money, but a lot of the stuff I do isn't necessarily about the money. Like, like I made Christmas Mouth Perfume, and, of course, we turned a small profit. We donated some of the money to Best Friends Animal Society, but I didn't do it to get rich. I didn't do it to launch a brand. I did it to create something. You know, when I wrote Girl Logic, of course, I got paid, but it wasn't, like, in the billions. You know, some, I do things to make art, and that begets money, but... Um, yeah. I'd still be banging my head against a wall trying to write these scripts just as much. Um, the movie that I just made, you know, definitely wasn't a money maker. But you know, we create these things because creators create, writers write, mm-hmm. actors act, and uh, so that that's it. I'd probably get to do things on a. I'd probably get to do more. I'd probably be even busier if I had more money because I could be on more boards, make more impacts, create, start more projects. Yeah. Watch out, goop. Here I come. <laughs> Me. and by that
1: i mean i'll be buying all your products. If i ever see that candle for sale i'm buying it. The vagina one? Yeah.
2: Dude, was that you that but told like me $60. about the marketing meeting? Tell them what you told me. I don't i don't think i don't think i did. About how they had all these candles that they couldn't sell. And No.
1: What? Why can't i tell them? No, i didn't know this. Who told me this? Who's talking about Gwyneth besides me? I'm offended. It was something like
2: they had all these extra candles that weren't moving. And at a marketing meeting, they were like, let's just say it smells like my vagina. And they were able to move all these extra candles and it became a oh, big no. thing. I mean, it's just good marketing. It is good. Think marketing. about it. It's not actually going to be acidic and smell like vaginal flora. We don't, oh, know. It smells you don't like- know
1: what Gwyneth smells like. It
2: smells like a healthy pH balance. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> okay. a little tiny. Oh,
1: no.
2: Ten. Hi, Eliza. Baby
1: Arm and Tofu. Love you so much. My boyfriend and I actually bonded over your Netflix specials on our second date. Speaking of the boyfriend, we recently moved in together and have started discussing eventually getting married. My issue, his mom. The background is she's an extremely sweet southern woman but over the past few years of us dating i've come to realize she uses her nice nature to manipulate him and his sister into doing what she wants i'm very concerned that when we do get married she's going to take over for example his sister's wedding had an original original list of 190 people and it ballooned up to 250 we both agreed we would want a small wedding and he is open to getting married where i'm originally from a thousand miles away but i'm very concerned about how she's going to react any tips for dealing with someone who has has been nothing but nice to me, but is very used to getting her way regardless of what anyone else wants. Is she paying for the wedding? Uh, I would guess not. Let's operate under the assumption that she's not. You know,
2: I here's what you don't want. This was advice that was given to me when I first got married, having nothing to do with my husband or his family, but just in terms of the way women are perceived. You don't want to be the reason that a boy and his mom are at odds. Like you don't want to do his fighting for him. He's a grown man. You don't want to be made to look like the bad guy. It's very easy for women to be the evil ones, right? It's always the woman, evil stepmother. My mom's a bitch. You know, his mom's an issue. You, I never get questions like, and his dad just wants things his way. Um, You just want to make sure that you always position yourself. It's you and your husband have this opinion, and you're not doing the fight. I can't get into the specifics of it, um, but I suggest he do a lot of the confrontation and the talking, it comes from him. Hey, mom, here's what we want. And yeah. don't ever uh, don't ever be on a call with her just by yourself where you're explaining yourself. And if you have to, you just be like, yeah, that's what we're going to do. We can't wait to see you. Just always keep it positive. But make sure that he is always on your side and that the message is being clearly delivered from both of you because it's very easy for the women to do the bidding for the men. And then you've got two women that are at odds with each other. So make sure he stays involved and that he represents your interest. That's the best advice I can give you without getting in specifics about your relationship.
1: I think there's also a tendency to not want something to be awkward, but let's say, okay, the mom invites 50 people she shouldn't have. You tell her, well, they're not being let in and you need to tell them that, you know, because it sounds like she might be someone who will be like, I already told them they could come. Yeah. Well, you need to go back to them because that's not happening. Get on the happening. call with, with your husband,
2: with your boy, mm-hmm. uh, fiance or, or boyfriend, really, you're not even engaged yet. This is what we're doing. This is what we budgeted for. Put it in an email. That way, whatever she says, you'd be like, we said you could invite X amount. My parents have also been invite, uh, allowed to invite X amount. This mm-hmm. is what we can pay for. We, we, we. Never you, never I. We, we, we. Absolutely. We, we, we. Power in numbers. Go forth.
1: Hello, Eliza. Always right engaged. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Always nice to hear from you. Should I get back with my wife? Dated four years, lived together for two, married for two, separated for one. My wife is half angel, half devil. She's 32. I'm 71. Big fan of yours, Chuck P and Holly A in Tampa, Florida. Yeah, fuck it. You know what? Live it up.
2: It seems like you both
1: kind of don't know what you want.
2: So if you're happy half the time, that's more than most. And at 71, you're lucky that someone that young wants to touch your penis. So... As long as your ticker doesn't give out and you're willing to put up with it, as long as you're not spending all your money, uh, yeah, stick with it. Or maybe just, just maybe don't, why get married, you know, unless you're trying to get on her insurance? Maybe just keep having sex. She's right. the one that's got the biological clock. Not you, sir, and thank you for your service. Maybe he fought okay. like in Korea or something. OK.
1: OK. <laughs> okay, so this Could question have been from- Vietnam. Could have been Vietnam. <laughs> Probably This yeah. question is from Neela at Neela Rocks on Instagram, but but she texted it too. I'm in the midst of a huge fight with my 17-year-old son. He's a junior and has a GPA above 4.0. He was invited to join National Honor Society for the second time. He blew it off last year because he says it's lame, a scam, holds no value, and just doesn't want to do it. This year, my husband and I are forcing the issue because we feel it will look good on college applications and help with scholarships and financial aid. Plus, we were both an honor society and enjoyed it. My question is, do you think we should force our son to do this, even though he's adamantly opposed. I'm getting tired of yeah. yelling matches with him. Do I give up or buckle down and make him do it? Uh, it I say you buckle down and make
2: him do it. He's a kid. He doesn't know just because he has uh, a good GPA doesn't mean he has any street smarts. Uh, and you can ask him, be like, where are you going to get the extra 50 grand for college? Because it ain't coming from us.
1: It is a, kind of a scam. It's not a scholarship. It's kind of a scam. You pay the society and then they say you're an honor student. So no, I'm a, I meant
2: like... I meant it helps with getting into college. Like it looks good and maybe that helps something. I don't know anything about it because I definitely was never in National Honor
1: Society. Uh, What does it entail? As far as I remember, it's literally just this thing where if you have above a certain GPA, they're like, you can pay money and basically put this on your resume. So I don't think it's as impressive as it may seem. I would look into the fine print of it because if it's the one I'm thinking of, it's not legit. Uh, And I would focus on other things that are better for the college. Well, you know what I would say to him? Fine. If
2: you don't, I mean, I don't see why he cares if he already, if it's your money and you're paying it and he doesn't have to do anything. I think you have do- to go like hold a candle one day.
1: Okay. So yeah, I, look, I mean.
2: I would look into what it really takes uh, mm-hmm. and actually hear him out. Cause maybe if he's got some moral convictions, that's great. But if it's your money, who fucking cares? Also your GPA is still high. Like they're still going to see that. No, yeah. I don't think any college would be like, well. This kid's got a 4.8, but one's got a sticker and one doesn't. I mean, what about his, if he has no other extracurriculars and nothing else, then maybe that's a good thing to bolster it. But if he's like in a bunch of other stuff, then who cares?
1: If he has no other extracurriculars, I would focus in on having him do some of that instead of fighting over this. Yeah,
2: but I don't, I thought it was just an award that was given but I don't know. It is, but it's, you know, it's, it is what it is. It does is. sound dorky, or, though. I'm like, holding <laughs> candles is always, like, semi-religious and very dorky.
1: I just remember having, like, one of those white candles that has, like, a plate on it. Something yeah, happens. At the bottom, so know. the wax yeah. doesn't drip on your yeah, smart yeah. hands. <laughs> oh, yeah, I need these to not do manual labor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, Sarah says, I have a question. I was wondering what exactly is a proper joke. I had a friend tell me I'm not funny because I'm not a professional comedian and I don't know any methods that comedians use to properly create jokes. What?
2: What's the
1: what question? What do you think? What's a proper joke? Look, anything that's funny, Sarah. We're not snobs what? about jokes. Funny is funny. I mean, yeah, I've cried laughing
2: from watching someone fall. Like, is that high <laughs> art? No. Well, like, it's not exactly the office, but it's still funny. And even the office resorts to, like, that's what she said jokes. So the answer is funny is funny. I and mean, your friend sounds like an asshole. You know what yeah. the joke is? Your friend thinking their opinion matters. Bam, bam, explosion. Say that to them next time. Yeah. Let them, have them subscribe to our podcast and buy a, a Buffy comforter. <laughs> and then we'll see who's
1: laughing. <laughs> you, straight to the bank hmm <laughs> Sweet comfort <of> money. <laughs> All right. Hi, Eliza and Emily. Eliza, we love you and your stand-up so much. Hugs and loves to Tianfu and deep reverence for Blanche. Some quick Aww, context. Reverence. I've worked for a female-run online company for over 10 years, and the owner, who I do truly like, is also clinically bipolar.
0: No big deal,
1: <laughs> except when it is. She's recently fallen in love with something that seems like a life help cult. She is now high pressure to have me and my others in management attend one of the four-day trainings, and while unspoken, it's clear that my place in the management team might Rely on me attending I'm a mom And way too old For this shit But don't want to Jeopardize a lucrative position Any advice Attempting to say no Results in her calling To tell me how amazing it is But the thought of flying From California to Florida And being trapped For four days Makes me feel well Trapped Help Oh And she's covering All expenses And paying us If you haven't Okay I don't understand Wait Is it It's like a Like a Nutrisystem thing It sounds to me Like
2: a landmark thing But what Okay Yeah yeah For sure uh mm-hmm.
1: if it's not essential to your job, like she can't make you do that. So it sounds like if it's a small business that she kind of can, because it's like you do so so landmark they use at big companies like I think Lululemon and like no, the Cafe I've Gratitude, taken you know a landmark right. forum seminar. So Yeah. You have to do them to be in management at I believe Cafe Gratitude and um what's the other one they own?
2: Look, Uh, look, look, I, 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 am not really in a position to give advice about this. Uh, If you are a working mother and you cannot just take four days off, I mean, it is, that's it. Like, you just can't do it. And I don't think your position at a company, once you're already in that position, she can't just be like, oh, here's a thing I've decided you're doing. It doesn't seem legal.
1: Well, also, hopefully what's happening right now has now kind of put the, put the kibosh on that and you uh, don't have to deal with it. So
2: the bipolarity, I mean, I don't know if that's, I mean, that's tricky because then you're saying people who have like chemical imbalances can't be in leadership positions. It's tricky. And if this, you know, if she's been on this for a while, I mean, it doesn't sound like something that has to do with a swing. Cause if she's still focused on this,
1: Mm -hmm. it could be
2: something that she wants for, I would, the bipolarity thing I think is, uh, is irrelevant. But I do think if it's something you're not comfortable with doing and it's not like actual management training,
1: I don't think you should have to do it. Or even if it's like the leadership training that a landmark does where they're just like, learn to speak your mind.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think if it were local and it was like a day and you could go home at night, but leaving your children and going across country to do some like bullshit thing just because it makes her feel empowered, that shouldn't Mm be. I don't think that's, I don't think she can actually make you do that. No. Okay. That's what I think. Not that it matters because none of us are going anywhere. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with. And there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash Eliza. When you ask someone what language they took in school, usually it's like with an eye roll. They're like, French.
1: I am 25 and I am a project manager in a tech company I've been at almost four years. I make a good salary for my age and I'm hesitant to leave, but I feel like I need to make a move. Yep. I always intended to get a job where I can help people, particularly victims of domestic and sexual violence, but now that I've been making a good salary, I don't feel comfortable taking a job where I make very little like most nonprofit jobs do. I worked multiple jobs through college and after until I was hired here, and I finally feel like I'm not struggling. I volunteer for a DV hotline, but the part of me that wants to work for the cause still feels unsatisfied. My workplace has always been a little toxic, but I've mostly stayed away from that and ignored the passive aggressiveness and gossip that exists, but lately feeling like more of it's directed to me. My question is, how do you know when it really is time to move on and how do you balance following a passion and wanting to be successful? Love the Pot in fu Okay, I can tell you this, That's tough. You know it's time to move on when it's all you can think about. I
2: doubt as much of that bad energy is actually directly aimed at you, and I think you're kind of uh, getting in your own head. But your passion is your passion, and when it's all you can think about, like I feel like that way about comedy, then like when it's clear that you – what is it, Bukowski, who has like a quote about if you love something, it's your duty to be consumed by it. That's a little extreme, and he was like obviously a crazy person. But, you know, I would really – if if you don't – if it doesn't take that much for you to – live financially, maybe you could save up money or maybe you could wait your options. Maybe there's a way you could volunteer more so you get your spiritual fix. Uh, Because Mm -hmm. I can tell you this right now, working in any sort of civil serving capacity is definitely, especially with a domestic abuse situation, is definitely not gonna make you a lot of money. Uh, I think you need to ask yourself if your job had a great work environment, would this still be pulling at you? It's very easy to go, grass is always greener, but you are signing up for a life of servitude and very little money if you go the other way so maybe it's just switching jobs maybe maybe you could look for a different job i would just i am be reticent to throw out the baby with the bathwater, uh yeah. thinking that you're going to feel so spiritually fulfilled that it won't matter if your electric gets turned off um right. i would see if you could volunteer a little bit more to sort of feed that inner well uh but don't underestimate creature comforts
1: yeah yeah
2: plus you're only 25 explore your options Save High up line. some money and do some exploring.
1: Definitely save money for now. Hi, <sighs> liza baby arm and Tofu. I have a dilemma. I'm 23 and I've had my own apartment for one year post-grad. It's about eight miles away from my parents. My lease is up in August and I'm wondering if I should move home to save money and go insane or lose half my paycheck to rent but stay mentally at peace. Context. I have a horrible relationship with my emotionally abusive father. Nope. My mother is always no. enabling and... The answer oh. is no. Nope, you're out. You're out of the house.
2: This is what real life is. There's always other apartments. Uh, this is what being an adult is. Do not move home to save money. It will. You'll be so unhappy, and then you might never leave. You saved up. You're an adult. You're out of there. Stay out of there. Cut corners mm-hmm. other ways. There. If you don't have, like, a medical issue, do not move home if you don't have to.
1: Yeah, I get mean, it, get- it sucks half of it going to rent, but... Maybe you get a roommate.
2: Maybe there's another apartment. There's no way that, you know, I don't know where you live, but there's other apartments. Um,
1: And uh, yeah, that's life, baby. Okay. Uh, I have have a very old, I have an old DM from November. Oh God, Emily, come on. But it's good. I just found it. Okay, I'm in my later 20s and just recently realized a religion I was a part of up to a few months ago is a cult. It ran my life and now that I know it isn't true, I feel so lost. I feel like my identity was stripped away and I don't know how to find it again, especially since I have little time to myself since I have three young children who take up the majority of my time. I love my kids so much, but I feel like this religion brainwashed me into having kids super young and I missed out on so many years of exploration and fun. What can I do to try and feel like I am not completely missing out on the fun I could have had? And what are your tips on trying to find my identity outside of being a mom?
2: Oh, God. I mean, that's really tough. I mean, you obviously were Mormon. <laughs> you yes. kid. I mean, it was obviously what's happening here. Uh, maybe some sort of like online course, uh, maybe pick up some books. Um, I think people think being young and having fun is just like fucking around and drinking and doing drugs. Maybe, you know, can you go away for the weekend? Uh, maybe sitting down and making a list of like, what do you want out of life and having like a little bucket list and maybe you can start to tick things off of there, you know? Maybe there's a way to grow and learn with your kids or maybe you'll find some fulfillment in making sure your kids have a solid educational foundation and this doesn't happen to them uh but that is way above my pay grade
1: well Uh, because you had the kids so young there is a light at the end of the tunnel like they will be out of the house and you will be free to do whatever you want you will still be young and thriving and um you know it's not your life isn't over but you know What can
2: you do with those kids? And I I mean, even with basic education, like going to museums, natural history museums, space museums, reading books to them together. Like there's still an education beyond going and getting shit faced or like seeing the ocean, you know? Yeah. Uh, I doubt your religion fostered a, a creative environment where you got to do things like paint or take up running or singing or twerking, you know? So see what you can do with what you have where you are. Yeah. Read a book. Read a book. Yeah. That isn't the Bible.
1: (laughs) We had a very important DM from someone. Right. In a follow-up to your your Dr. Daniel episode, which people really appreciated. No problem. And they say, Hey Liza, longtime listener, big fan, being an over-the-road trucker. I have endless hours to listen to your podcast. You helped Ooh. pass the hours with a smile on my face. That being said, I just listened to your episode. With Dr. Dan wanted to say I'm that one percent that fell and ended up with something in my butt. When I was five, <laughs> I sat in a laundry basket. There happened to be a steak knife. It stabbed me in the ass. I jumped up screaming. Sister and father laughed as I ran around with a knife sticking out. My dad stopped me. My sister pulled the knife out, was then rushed to the hospital, to get stitched up. Hope you enjoy my story. <laughs> I love that. Wow. Why was there better question? Why was there a steak knife in a laundry basket? In a laundry basket. <laughs> a lot of concerns. But but this this man shared his story and I thought it was right that it goes out. <laughs> oh, I love that it was a man.
2: How brave of you.
1: I appreciate his story. And I I replied to him from the Ask Elias account. I was like, that is very funny. Okay. Yeah. Anonymous, did you do anything to, quote unquote, get Smokey Husky? Women are given all types of weird advice on things to do to get a guy. Did you have to do that? Uh, No. I mean, for me, my
2: personality is a big thing. We had a lot of fun texting and ch- chatting back and forth. We set our date. I mean— I wore some cut-off shorts and a cool vintage shirt, but that's just because that's what I felt like wearing. Uh, and I'm sure, like, he didn't mind seeing that. Um, no, I don't believe the woman. I mean, you want to, like, look cute and physically be appealing, but the guy is the one who's trying to win you over. That's the nature of it. You don't have to do anything. And they're actually – there's very little you can do. Like, the guy's attracted to you or not, and hopefully he likes your personality. But, no, I didn't do anything. Um, no. That being said, you know – I listen when he talked. I'm a funny person, but I never feel the need to, like, be on. And there is an art to conversation. Just because you're funny doesn't mean the other person doesn't have something to say. I listened when he spoke. I respected him. Uh, I was nice to him. Some guys like girls that are bitches. It's not really, you know. um, He made it very easy. And I don't know. I don't tend to go for guys that, like, I, I don't chase men.
1: Just you don't want to – if you're acting in a different way than you normally act to get him, then what? Hap- then you got to act that way yeah. forever. Like it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't work that way. I was very
2: myself on that date. We got very drunk uh, and that was at the time very mean. So no, you – there are so many guys and it sucks because usually you want the guy that – is kind of like not really, not out of your league, but in like a different league. And we always want these like idealized versions of guys. But I was just like, here's who I am. Here's what I am. And he was like, I'm so into it. And I was like, great, let's do it. Yeah. I don't subscribe to trying that hard. You always want to look nice, put your best foot forward, but you always want to be yourself. Yeah. Because that's what we're left with at the end of the day when we've got a zit on our face and we're quarantined at home, baby. <laughs> Change your pajamas. Change your pajamas.
1: Bella says, hello, girl. I love you. Okay. So how do you you save money when you're a college student? I just bought some new $42 shorts. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. What are you doing to save money? I mean, now that we're all at home, it's hard for me to not just, like, go online and order things. Are you just pretty good about that? I
2: never— Aside from groceries, I actually just got off the phone with my money guy today, and he was like, you've done really well. He's like, you do save your money. I don't have big expensive habits. Like I don't have a sneaker collection, which I think is such bullshit. I don't collect (laughs) cars. You know, I don't, I like buying little things and I like going out to dinner and I don't, you know, need to buy diamonds. I don't know. Just realize we have this, we're imbued with this sense of entitlement as Americans. Like we all deserve flat screens and the new phone and, uh, you know, a Tesla. And we all deserve to live like rappers. Rappers are like cash, rich and everything else poor. And most of them don't own anything that they have. Everything that you see on Instagram and on TV, like it's all bullshit. Okay. Very few people have real wealth and it takes time to build real wealth. You are not entitled to buy everything that you want. All the stuff that you buy online is absolute garbage. And the sooner you realize that people are profiting off of your boredom and stupidity, the more you're going to want to save that money. So that's it. Yeah. If you buy into the idea that you always have to be buying the new, Face cream and the new hair product and the new this is already so expensive to be a girl. And the more once you realize that you've purchased fifty eyeshadow palettes, one like one every season, and they're all the same fucking colors, the sooner you realize that they're just selling you the same shit over and over, repackaged. Mm-hmm. The more the sooner you realize that you're wasting your money. Save up, buy something concrete, buy a luxury piece. Don't buy a bunch of crap. You need a forty dollar pair of shorts. You probably could have purchased a cheaper pair that's of the same quality. Because Target Wait. doesn't sell $42 shorts. What price range is that even? $42. For shorts? Yeah, that's not Nordstrom, but it's also not Target. Like so a, where are a, you going?
1: Is that like a denim shorts? Denim,
2: I, I don't know. I don't know. But that's it. And Jean this shorts? is someone I make a decent amount of money. And uh I choose to spend my money on things that have long-term value.
1: Like me. Also,
2: like you, my baby arm. <laughs> also... I also get a lot of things free. So if
1: you could just get famous, then that should uh, that should really help. That's my financial that advice. Get famous. Okay. Christina had said, in the event that we all end up under quarantine, what food is a must-have in your pantry? So now people are in their homes. They're going to the store maybe once a week, maybe less. What, you know what? What's a must-have for you? Beans. Beans can
2: be made mm. into anything. Beans are a great thing. We make crowdy beans in our house. You can make a potty beans, a bean and cheese burrito. Beans, frozen vegetables – um those are things that you can and eggs. You can make a lot of things out of these things, and eggs actually keep a very long time. So that's it. Yeah. And I would get all the milk just because it lasts longer. You can have eggs tonight. So there you go, folks. Thanks for that riveting update. Let's <laughs> get a check of traffic.
1: <laughs> okay. Rodrigo, he's 23 and he says. My older sister and I used to be really close, but three years ago, she became really rude and controlling, even tried to tell me what to do with my money. I tried to be civil with her and tell her she can't control my life, but she gets upset and just insults me. Recently, she blocked me from every social media outlet, but I do miss the relationship that we used to have. Do you know what could be a good way to reach back to her and try to get along again? Love you and your shows. I would just
2: say all that, and I would wonder, I would ask yourself what happened three years ago. Did you move out? Did you get engaged? Did she get married? Like what was the catalyst for that attitude shift? And I think that there's something very powerful in just saying to her, You could. some people are better verbally, some people are better writing things down, just say to her, I love you and I miss you and I don't know what happened. Um, I want you to respect me and my choices. Having you in my life doesn't mean I need advice on all this stuff, but I am reaching out because I love you and I'm wondering if there's a way we can get back to how we were. That's yeah. like the most disarming olive branchy thing. And if she's a bitch, then something happened and your sister has joined a cult. Or she was hit in the head or she slipped and fell and now she's weird. So, but I think that's fair. I've had similar conversations with my own sibling and it's very disarming to hear someone be like, all I want is to be with you
0: mm-hmm. and to
2: just have it like it was. I think that's very sweet. Yeah. So good for you for being an in touch with his emotions man. And yeah. your sister sounds like a real bee. <laughs> she also might huh? be. I mean, by the way, there's the version where she does know better and you're investing like way too much money in gum or something. Um, <laughs> but let's assume that you know what you're doing and you just want her there to be their sister. She might, that might just be also who she is. And you're just mm-hmm. now realizing it. She might just be bossy, but uh, there's very little we can do to change our siblings. But what you can do is let her know that you love her.
1: Yeah. All right. Hi, I'm Anne Marie.
2: Sounds
1: like a real B. <laughs> Hi, I'm Anne Marie. What's your favorite movie? Mine is Funny Girl with Barbra Streisand. Now, uh,
2: Funny, movie, Funny
1: Girl film. is a great movie, Anne Marie.
2: A classic. is a great movie. You know what? I think I'm going to say Goodfellas. I really love that, love that movie. You do love that movie. I love the it's a movie. Good movie. I love the score. I love it so much that I romanticize that sort of Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra music, and I only think of Goodfellas, and I weirdly miss the 1960s and Italian America families even though I never
1: lived through it. Um, if I had to pick one, I'd say Goodfellas. Great, great choice. My favorite part of Goodfellas is that Lorraine Bracco is in it, and she's the mom on Rizzoli and Isles. Karen, why did you do that, Karen? They were going to find it. They weren't going to find it. <laughs> no. Why did you do that, Karen?
2: <laughs> name the movie. Name the movie. It
1: was I Goodfellas. Was that it was Goodfellas? Goodfellas? Is her name How Karen? Yeah, dude. She's
2: on the floor. Karen. Oh, my God, and it's so hot at the beginning when he, like, isn't into her, and then she tells him off, and then he
1: beats the shit out of that guy who (laughs) tried to rape her. Ray Liotta was a very good-looking man. He wasn't, though. That's the thing. You don't think he was cute? Was it all his eye makeup that made him cute in that movie? No, it's just that he was, like, kind of a thug, but he wasn't, like, you know, I mean, whatever. He's cute. Did you say Ray Liotta? No, I definitely said Leota.
2: <laughs> okay, because my dad says, he's like, I love that Ray Layada. I love Ray Donovan. Oh, that's Lib Schreiber. Sorry. That's What's the Le- Ray Yeah, Le- Naomi Wait.
1: Watts' ex-husband. What's the Ray Leota show? Ray Leota is the guy from Goodfellas that also no! does commercials What's for like Chantix or whatever. No,
2: No, stop. Oh. It's called like. Blue not-
1: Bloods.
2: No. No, it's. What's it called? Google it real quick. Oh my Boardwalk God, is, Empire. I'm becoming a mom.
1: Hold on, hold on. No. I swear to God, we've also Googled Ray Donovan this is Liv Schreiber. Yep. Hold oh on. wait, Ray, no. Yep.
0: Ray Donovan.
1: Ray, Ray Donovan. I'm looking it up. Ray Donovan is Liv Schreiber. Shades of Blue. Shades. Really? That's it.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, I wasn't thinking of that. I was thinking of Ray. But Donovan I swear, starring we've had Ray this issue
1: too. Just, All right. No, Ray Liotta's in commercials. Oh, I miss tofu.
2: She carries around this cookie in her mouth 23 hours a day.
1: <laughs> and you can't tell. You can tell when the bow is dirty because it gets gray, but the cookie is brown, so it, like, looks less gross. She will, like, leave it at the door. We go for a walk, and she comes back inside,
2: picks it back up, and just carries it around the house. I don't know what that means. I don't know, like, oh, what part of being baby. an animal is. This cookie is in her mouth 100% of the time. Oh. <laughs> it's so weird.
1: I love it.
2: But <laughs> a Kick it.
1: Oops, dropped it. <laughs> Anonymous says, "If you could learn to say any one phrase or sentence in every language, what would you say?" I said what I
2: said. Now quit asking me. <laughs> yo Yodigo, yo, yo digo. Para. Nope. Are you on
1: the
2: desk? Um. I mean, there's like functional versus cool. You mm-hmm. know. Like it'd be really handy to say like "fuck you" and the horse you rode in on, but you probably want to know. Excuse me, where's the nearest consulate? <laughs> but the truth is, it doesn't matter. You don't have to speak the language. Right, or Most where's people the bathroom? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, you don't need to know how to say "where's the bathroom." These are, I mean, what you want is like pre- like different. You also want to get the tense right so they think you're a local.
1: Yeah, whatever it is, you would say it correctly every place, every language. Maybe something like, thank you so much. Where can I learn more? But the problem is, then they're going to answer you. Yeah. In Dutch. In Dutch. So they're going to answer just, you in Swahili. I guess you just need to say, I only speak English and a little you bit should, of look, Spanish.
2: Where, where are the guns? Where can I find the drugs? <clears throat> Excuse me, where are the drugs?
1: Don't las drogas. Don't
2: las drogas, senor. Uh, usted. <laughs> <laughs> Next question.
1: Ashley. My parents have been married 37 years, raised four girls together. I'm the oldest and have sacrificed a lot to ensure we had everything we needed growing up. Now that most of us are out of the house and married, no grandkids for them yet, they're stuck in their routine and haven't found a way to reconnect as a couple now that they're just not just living to be parents. Note, I wish they would have prioritized their relationship more than they did when we were kids. Some of the things they say and do to one another are triggering anxiety in me. They share financial stresses with me, but not each other, etc. Sometimes, i project that onto my husband i'd love to go to family counseling with my parents and sisters mainly to get my parents to better communicate with each other but also to let them know how we can all better support one another and communicate as adults now i'm pretty sure my dad is anti-therapy thinks it's a waste of money how do i bring up this suggestion in a way that won't make him defensive and it makes him headway as a family p.s i've been a fan forever love how much you love your doggos i sing songs to my corgis and now my husband does too and adored japan when we went last year I love that. What about, I mean, that is
2: really way above my pay grade. I had two thoughts. One, what if you and your siblings pull together to buy your parents a trip so they can go, Ooh. like, be naked together? But two, um, an intervention where you write out how you feel, don't involve a therapist, and just, like, your behaviors affect us in the following ways. We just want what's best for you. We really, you know, want you guys to be okay with or without us. We get scared that you won't be okay and just sort of write it out and share that with them. Not as an ambush, no therapy involved, and then maybe the dad will be open to it. Or say, Would you do it just for us? you know? But uh I would start by writing it down and I think I think it'd be nice, a nice gesture if you sent them all if he's not on a trip. Yeah. Even like a local all inclusive one to like a lake or something. I don't think they have all inclusive to lakes, but stuff like that. Right. You know, or maybe even a nice dinner or just something where you're showing, like, hey, we want you guys to be able to, you know. But keep in mind, you aren't your parents and you don't know all that went into what they did for you and why they did what they did. And you guys might be their greatest joys in life. You know, you don't want to presume that you know better than them uh, mm-hmm. and give make sure to be respectful and give them credit for
1: what they've done. So a dialogue, a calm dialogue with emotion. Yeah, it's not. it's really thoughtful that you're, I mean, I understand part of it is that you're stressed that they're coming to you with everything, but it's nice that you want them to have a more substantial relationship. I think if you come at from that angle, draw your own boundaries. Be like, I'm uncomfortable discussing this. This
2: is really something you should talk about with dad and just refuse to yeah. discuss it. I've done that. Be like with certain things in life. Be like, you really should talk about this with dad. I'm I'm not equipped to discuss this with you. And this is between you and
1: him. Mm-hmm. I can't be this for you. Okay. Yeah. Micah asks, what's the one time you got heckled the worst? I can't remember you. Well, I've worked for you, you've never really had an incident because your fans at this point are your fans. They're not randos. Can I tell you something? I hate
2: when people talk about their dreams,
1: but last night, because I haven't done stand-up for so long,
2: (laughs) I had a dream that a girl threw food at me.
1: (gasps) What kind of food?
2: Uh, Like a piece of popcorn, and I unleashed. And, like, the majority of the dream was just us dealing with, like, the fallout of me attacking this person. Um, (laughs) You know... I mean, heckled the worst. It's not the heckle as much as the reaction because Mm. you would never allow heckling to go on longer than a sentence or two. But I think the one that probably was the scariest was uh, I was in – I'm not going to even say the city, but somebody kept yelling Jew at me while I was on stage. Oh, my God. Yeah, and he kept yelling it, and none of his idiot friends – and I think one of their, like, gross friends even, like, DM'd me years later, like, that was our friend, and we don't know – Kept yelling Jew, but of course, like most anti-Semites, was like too spineless to actually say it, so he would bury it every time the audience laughed. He would go, Jew. And I didn't realize what he was saying. I thought he was just making a noise. Some hecklers do that. Like, they just make noises. Like, sometimes you'll get a girl. I had a girl at a show recently. Every time she laughed, it was like, ah! Like, screaming. And you could tell that it really is just to get attention. Anyways, and then the guy this was years ago, like came backstage into the green room and like found me. Mm. And it was just, he didn't do anything. He was obviously drunk and he just like made a comment about me being Jewish. And I'm not somebody that deals with a lot of anti-Semitism for as much as I talk about it. But I just remember I never felt so unsafe. I remember, I just remember thinking like, oh, I have to protect Blanche. Not that he was after her. So that just kind of gives you an idea of like, you know, you get so many comics now that, get the luxury of living in a world that's post uh, Me Too and Time's Up and all this awareness about women's safety, you know, cut to just Mm -hmm. a couple years ago. It's just me alone in a green room that doesn't lock, no security, nobody at the club thinking like, oh, maybe we shouldn't let people have access to her. So, yeah, but it's fine. Uh, I I mean, I had a girl get on stage once. I didn't really feel like physically threatened. Uh, I had a show in Hawaii where our own security guard turned on me. Because he was like obviously deeply troubled. So that was uncomfortable. Um Because yeah. I asked him to do his job because he was on his phone, which kept making noise while Hunter was on stage. You really forget that when you do this job, like you're not around normal people. This is show business. These are the rejects of society. That's who's drawn <laughs> to this, people that are damaged. And yeah. uh, everyone from club owners to executives to... Anyone that works in this, like the chance of this person being a crazy person is almost 100% to your own colleagues. Yeah. So if you can surround yourself with people that have your best interests and heart and uh, actually, and I have, and I've got plenty of those, but never mm-hmm. for a second think that you're not with absolute wild animals
1: <laughs> at all times. Yep, yep. <laughs> drunk wild animals. But uh, nothing's happened
2: to me um, because the audience, at this point, you've paid so much and you're such a fan. You know, you want the show. Hunter got a yeah. heckle. This last, the time we were out, right before this whole quarantine, he was telling a very sweet story. Um, It doesn't matter what the story's about. It was about me. It was very sweet. And he said to the audience, he goes, what I would, you know, what I really want for this year was to be taken seriously as a comic. And this girl just yells out, good luck. After he had delivered like a 20-minute set of just murdering. And I didn't hear what Hunter said, but I definitely turned to the security guard. I was like, get her out of here. I don't know how they found her. Uh, There's also, yeah. I don't have to deal with hecklers. I say get the fuck out, and the security's always like, "Do you have a code word?" I'm like, "Yeah, the code word is get the fuck out of my show." Like,
1: I'm not going right. to be like Pepsi, Pepsi, <laughs> as someone yells. Yeah, I don't care at you if you know and you're that you're just getting saying kicked your out. Code. Yeah. yeah, bye. Ugh. I don't
2: care. Fuck you.
1: <laughs> well, do you count it as a heckle that person that pooped their pants? <laughs>
2: No, but I do count it as one of the <laughs> one of the most dominating moves of all time. Somebody pooped their pants during a show last year and had to, like, army crawl out of the theater. <laughs> Take it as a compliment. They didn't time want for to get up.
1: Uh, let's do one more and then top of the cop. Shelly in Delaware asks, what did your hubby say about your love scene with Mark W.? Can I tell you something? Mark even Wait. asked me that when we were filming the movie, and he was like...
2: I forgot what he said. He was like, is he cool about it? And I was like, yeah, like my husband is also an artist and like understands like it's not real sex and we didn't even kiss. And even if we did, I think my husband's keenly aware of like he signed up to marry, uh, he signed up to be with a woman who is making art. And I believe you don't nobody like your spouse or your partner shouldn't mistrust you unless you give them a reason to. And yeah. we are extremely honest with each other. I'm a very professional person, and so I joke about like, "Oh, Mark Wahlberg's so hot," but at the end of the day, like, it isn't like we ever spent time alone in his trailer. We don't hang out. Like, it's if you treat yourself, or you conduct yourself like a professional. I'm sure it's not his favorite thing in the world, but mm-hmm. my husband sat with me in that theater while 400 people watched that scene. He held my hand, and he was just along for the ride. He was just there to support me and whatever that meant. And that's that, you know. Uh, And I always kept in mind that, like, my obligation is to making him feel comfortable. And, you know, that scene didn't last one second longer than it needed to. We were always very appropriate. So, you know, we're artists and I work in entertainment and I conduct myself professionally. And if he had anything to say beyond that, I think we'd have a problem. But he's a smart guy. (laughs) And uh, I would never be with somebody who inhibited my creative growth. It's not like I wanted to do a porn and he said no. Like, this is all very above board. So there's nothing right. to say other than proud of you, babe.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. You want to do your top or bottom of the cob? You got ready? Kick it. It's the top of the
2: cob. We're doing it right. Every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cob. Okay. So we'll start with the bottom of the cob. My bottom of the cob, and this is not going to be like a cute thing to say. Um, I think it's this activism fatigue in terms of what we can do in this quarantine. Mm -hmm. People don't know. I'm not even that famous. The amount of messages I get on a daily basis. Hey, we're getting engaged. Can you make a video? Hey, this is for my charity. Can you make a video? You know, it's one thing if it's a charity I'm already aligned with, if you want me to Instagram something out. But asking someone to make a video Um, and constantly asking favors. Like, nobody realizes how much celebrities get asked. And what you don't realize is if I say yes to every cause, then the cause that I'm advocating for, uh, people hear that message less. If I'm always posting about different causes, you're not going to click on it. And it is exhausting. And it actually does take time to come up with a funny video. Or can you just pop onto our live feed for 15 minutes And it's like I'm a stand-up. So unless you're interviewing me, I mean, I don't know what, you know, you want me to do. And it's not like I'm so famous that, like, just seeing my face is that awesome. So people forget just because I'm doing Don't Panic Pantry and I'm keeping up a good spirit. And for you guys and all that stuff, like, I'm still a person who gets tired. And sometimes I think people ask, you know, like, we're trying to save – uh, this chicken that lives at the bottom of our road, we're trying to raise money for this. We're trying to raise money for that. It's like we're all doing what we can. For the most part, entertainers are just entertaining. There are people like Sharon Stone that are actively out there finding ways to get masks and donate them. And that's not my skill set. So I raise awareness where I can. I try to keep morale up. That's the kind of person I am. But I don't think any you, know, you can feel free to keep asking. But just because somebody's not doing your cause or reaching out the way you want it doesn't mean that they're not doing their share. So just know right. that that uh, it does get a little exhausting and sometimes I just can't answer my phone because it's just too... It, it does take a lot of energy constantly updating people, talking to people. And at times like this where everybody is doing all this, it makes me sort of recoil um, and want to do less because I feel like no matter what I do, it's not enough. And I'm sure we all feel that way. So... Uh, be kind and your mind.
1: Yeah. What's your bottom? Oh, God. My bottom is it's hard. Number That's one, good. it's hard being alone away from you and tofu. Ooh, uh, ooh. But it's just it's hard to structure the day out normally because I just wind up. I go to bed early because I'm not doing anything. Yeah. I wake up early. I I work. And then I'm like, I guess it's lunchtime. And then I'll have yeah. a snack. And then I'll have another snack. And then I'm just like, well works over I guess it's dinner time and then I wait for bed like I just there's no stress as much as they're trying there's like the structure of work but it's just like there's not <laughs> everything it's, is just feels weird yeah you're not alone in that
2: I was saying today like I'm very much the kind of animal that expands to the size of its container so like I got this deal to offer to do to write something and they were like when can you have it done by I'm like when do you want it done by yeah because if you say just do it like I tend to work better under pressure and without all my structure that I've put in place, I feel the same way. I'm like, I guess I'll eat now. I guess I'll go for a walk. I'm still a little tired. I can't tell if I'm still sick. It is tough and I feel like we all feel this way. Um, I would tell you, Emily, that you should take a walk outside, get some vitamin D.
1: Yeah, maybe for my lunch break tomorrow, I'll do that. I mean, it's, and again, it's hard to like complain because I have a job and I do have like things that I'm not just, I feel like I would feel pretty lost if I didn't have a job beyond just not having an income, but like not knowing what to do, but I have things to work on and work is getting done, but it's just like, I'm just staring listlessly at the wall as I like type. And it's just such a, it just, even as I get things done, it doesn't feel like an accomplishment
2: absolutely uh i'm about 10 minutes away from organizing your desk that's how
1: desperate <laughs> uh, oh no i no, hope i had nothing bads in there i did find some hand sanitizer so oh i was thinking about that
2: well it's mine now um yeah. yeah there's no frame of reference for this we have no context for this so i don't think you're alone in the way that you're feeling i'm sure you'll get some dms about that um top of the cob top of the cob you want to kick it off
1: yeah, I mean, my tablet cob is very obvious. Look, yes, being at home NATO boring. No, on Blu Ray. No, Gracie and I are together all hours of the day. She is so sick of me touching her, but it's cold here, and I'm not turning on the heat because I don't want to like waste gas. I don't know, so I am just putting on a blanket. So she has to sit with me. I'm her only option. So I get up and start working, and she sits in my lap. And it's great. That's what nice. It is yeah. what I want. I like being with her. Uh but but by like two PM she's glaring angrily at me. So Yeah,
2: well she'd be doing that even if you weren't there.
1: Um this is a
2: sad top of the cob, but you know, a oh. big joy in my life is always was always looking at my calendar and seeing the cities that we had coming up and looking at my ticket counts. Um and I am a very hopeful person. I'm like a sarcastic person and I think most people are dumb, but I am intrinsically a very hopeful person i always look to the future i always look for that like i may be sad but like i snap out of it very easily um mm-hmm. and we were just talking about rerouting all december and so i'm very much looking mm-hmm. forward to leaving this all behind
1: yeah in it'll be nice memory. when we when we know everything everything yeah. a lot of stuff's up in the air now but it's nice to have little bits and pieces that are falling into place we're doing it, folks. Keep staying home.
2: Please keep doing what's right so we don't prolong this. And and remember that Ask Eliza Anything is here for you with your burning questions about your best friend you don't want to be friends with and your mother-in-law. <laughs> We're here for your you. Weddings. Right in. Every Wednesday the episode comes out. We love you. Stay safe. And, uh, and ask me anything. <laughs> Bye-bye.